Hello, hello. It is Tasha Branham, founder and CEO of Naturally Smitten. I am so excited about this podcast. Um, I was actually just trying to kind of pray and meditate on um, something that I could talk about. And the Lord dropped this one um, in my heart just a few moments ago. And it is something that is near and dear to me. So if you could just bear with me, I'm going to show just a little bit of leg on this podcast um, because it's concerning a topic that um, I've dealt with a lot, um, not just in my um, journey as an entrepreneur, but just in my life in general. And I think it's something that will touch the life and the heart of anyone that is listening, whether you are called to the marketplace or not. Um, this is something that we could all use some help in. Today, I wanted to talk to you about conquering failure. Failure is something we can't avoid. Um, it would be uh, too much of a perfect world if everything we ever set our hands to and tried just happened beautifully and everything worked out just like we imagined it, just according to our daydreams. It would just be perfect. But we know if that was the way our life really was, there would be absolutely 100% no need for that thing we call faith. No need whatsoever. If everything we ever tried worked, if everything we ever wanted just came to pass, we would not have to, oh, we would just be the most brattiest, most prideful, you know, group of stubborn people that ever would have walked the face of this earth if we just got everything that we ever tried and nothing ever went wrong. We would be like that child whose parent never quite told them no enough times. And you can see the outgrowth of that in the child's personality, how they handle um, opposition and setback and when they don't get their way and how they act out and throw tantrums. I mean, we do that anyway. Maybe it's just me, but that is why I believe that God allows us to make some mistakes. He allows us to try some things that don't work. They're all learning opportunities. And today, because failure is unavoidable, I'm going to talk about it today. Because I failed enough to think that I might have a thing or two to say that can enhance your life. So with failure, um, I have faced a lot of failure. Let's just focus on the entrepreneur journey because if I go back in my lifetime, oh my geez, we'd be here like it would be <laughs> conquering failure part 49. Um, but today I'm just going to talk about it from the stance of my entrepreneur journey. For those of you that don't know, um, I walked away from my corporate job um, in March of 2010 and that I, I walked away that time I had gotten a prophetic word that God was calling me off my job and I was so zealous so excited you know I had already been working full-time um, in a career that I loved company that I loved um, but I had this tug to be an entrepreneur and when I've gotten that prophetic word I didn't do a good job of allowing God to develop that to, you know, open up the doors and set the stage for me to be able to walk off the job in his timing. I did that in Tasha's timing. Thank God for the grace, <laughs> because um, that caused me to really go through a tumultuous time in my life of many, many failures, um, a lot of uh, financial issues that I had to go through because I jumped ship and I did not. Um, heed and hold my horses. And I just went on out there and did everything in Tasha's time and not sought and consulted um, the voice of God, the heart of God on when I should leave my job. Looking back at it in hindsight, um, I probably would have stayed there another year. I mean, granted, I had had a great amount of money saved up, single parent at the time, financially comfortable, um, had a great clientele. 
because I left prematurely, you know, it just, it didn't work out the way that I should have. I ended up losing my house um, that I had just purchased and just had built from the ground up. And I worked really hard to uh, become a homeowner. So to kind of watch that kind of disintegrate, it was very, oh my gosh, my heart was broken, guys. It was really, I went through a, a rough time and I cannot say that that was not devastating to my faith at the time, you know, but since then, God has taught me so many things, showed me so many things, and it really developed a, a deeper cistern, a deeper well of worship, dependence, um, and just belief in God as creator and provider um, that I wouldn't have been able to encounter any other way. So even in that failure of me not um, leaving my job or me leaving my job too soon, that um, I still, God is just, he's just so sovereign. And because of his sovereignty, because he's so good and because he's so faithful, you know, when I felt like in that time that he had forgotten about me, when I felt like in that time that maybe I had misheard him, um, maybe at that time I felt like he was being a little wee bit unfair to me <laughs> in allowing me to go through that process. You know, I prayed, I fasted, I sought on so to everybody that I could, you know, get to that I knew was a prayer warrior to help me with that. I tried to work with organizations to try to help the process of not losing that house and just nothing panned out. And, you know, as well as I do, when anything that goes on in your life defies human logic, because that defied human logic, nothing worked, then you have to understand that there's something going on in the realm of the spirit. Sometimes it's our adversary and sometimes God is in it. And I believe that even though I was in error because I did not leave my job when I should have, I left it too soon. His grace still covered. His grace still protected. I never went without. It was a devastating loss to me. But we all know that God is a restorer. He's a builder and he's a repairer. So my emotions were restored. I was healed. But it took it took some time. I think it took me probably about two years to bounce back from that. Now, that is excessive in my life for me to really be devastated for two years. I didn't fall into a backslidden state or anything like that. But my faith was definitely crippled during that time as God um, really built my heart back up. Because I believe in some instance, my heart had become hardened to faith and I didn't want to believe for anything because I didn't want to get excited for anything because I didn't know that if if God was to give me something, you know, open up a door for an opportunity that if I lost it, you know, would that eat, take me back to that place where I, I felt that devastation and I didn't want to go back there again. But it's all in how you think. It's all in your perception. And it's all in how you trust God. Like we, I think sometimes we give God a bad rap and we paint him out as just this mean guy that's just up there, just not giving us what we want um, and not, you know, telling us what we want to hear. And, and, and that's not, that's not God. That's not his character. That's not the essence of who he is. God is good. You know, now can we measure him to our standard of what good is? No, because we are humans. We are of the flesh and, uh, our flesh has its way of jading our perception, our definitions, particularly when we hold them up to the world standards and not to God's standards. So, that was just a little backdrop about my entrepreneur journey. I started off um, leaving my job to work on um, my hair care company that I was starting on the side. And I had some clients that I did um, work for as a consultant, graphic designer, web developer. And um, I had uh, some income that was coming in. So I was able to sustain, but just not enough to be able to carry the weight of a brand new house. And it caused me to lose that. But it was partly because... 
I was not necessarily following the will and the plan and the time, perfect time, God's timing is perfect. Ours is not so much, not even close. And I was not following God's perfect timing. So, so we've got this girl here, me, myself, and I starting a business and I've got this foreclosure and, um, you know, I continue to pursue, I continue to pursue towards the things that he called me to. And, um, I knew that I was called to the marketplace and, um, I continued towards my hair care business and, um, you know, in my hair care business, I had some great opportunities to meet some very, very prominent people in the hair care industry. Um, I've sat at the table of, of many wealthy um, and well-known people. I've come across the path of many successful entrepreneurs and business people and well-known social media influencers. I've gotten to, you know, really, it's really opened up doors for me to have a great opportunity to meet a lot of uh, well-established people within my uh, company. Business category, and just in entrepreneurship in general, um, and a lot of people that follow me online or that may have met me, you know, look at me as this great woman of faith, and um, you know, I've had all these successes and these opportunities, and I have so many people that tell me that you're such an inspiration, and I'm just, you know, I just cherish you, and those things are beautiful, you know, it, 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 it's encouraging, and then I also get people that almost envy where I've been able to go in my life and in my business. You know, the successes that I've had, you know, I've been um, in mass retailers such as Walmart and Sally Beauty. And those are huge accomplishments for somebody that started making product in their kitchen where they prepare their meals at. So those are great accomplishments. You know, when I went to um, go and meet with the buyers at Walmart, I did not even think I was qualified to be there. You know, I submitted my information um, to Walmart to be considered because they were looking to buy um, products for minority-owned businesses, on um, small businesses made here in America. And, you know, they invited me to Bentonville to pitch my products to them. And I went. And, you know, I'm sitting in this huge conference room with thousands of people. And I'm, like, talking to people while I'm there. And there's these are very... Not everybody that's in there wasn't a small business owner like me. Some people that were in there had major products, um, mass retail all across the world on Walmart shelf trying to get in Walmart. And these are people that had huge factories that could mass produce stuff by the thousands per day. And I'm in my kitchen with a mixer in a bowl trying to make hair care products. And it was very humbling, but I felt very honored, but almost like, what did I do to deserve to be here? And I was almost like Walmart is going to find out somehow they must have overlooked some numbers somewhere of something and I'm just not supposed to be here and it's just going to fall through. So it's almost like I anticipated failure from the beginning. And once, you know, we were able to meet with the buyers and they were like ready to go through with it. It was almost like a sense of disbelief. Like what? This stuff don't happen to me. Like, what is this? Um and that was really the start of that was even the start. It was like almost like, you know, my house losing my house was just the the first and foremost, you know, initiation into entrepreneurship. Because looking back on that, I'm like, man, you know, at the time I felt like my whole world was over. But like looking back on it, it's like, oh, you know, the those are small potatoes in comparison to the faith and the things that I've had to believe God for, you know, in going into mass retail. I have literally had to put 
my entire dependence on God to uh, meet deadlines, um, to for God to provide funding um, opportunities and connections. And even in all of that, you know, there have still been a lot of things that I have failed at. A lot of things that the Lord told me to go and do that I would go and do and it would fall through. And it's it's brought me to a place in my walk where I had to not only question um, my own capacity of faith, but it caused me to question like, what kind of box do I have God in? What kind of jaded his sunglasses am I looking at him through? There's something is off here because my expectation of who God is and what he should be doing in my life, something is not matching up. Why is he continuing to allow me to fail? Why would God tell me to do something and then it not be perfect and fall through? Is <laughs> as ridiculous as that sounds. You know, um, God is not one. He is not a man that he should lie. And God is good and God is faithful. You know, so we have to understand that if God allows us to fail, that there's a greater purpose in that. All we're looking at is what's tangible, what's in front of us. It doesn't feel good. We don't enjoy it. It bruises our pride. It hurts our ego. But we're not looking at the bigger picture as far as what is God trying to do within us? What is he trying to show us? We have to understand that once you give your life to Christ, your life no longer belongs to you. You were bought with a price. You had an ex- you you were bought with the price of his one and only son that came to save humanity from itself and to bring it back into right standing with God. That's the biggest price tag. That's like one of those Mastercard commercials where it shows all those things and it gets to the end and it's it's got something that's extremely memorable and the price tag on that is like priceless. It's just like you can't even really place a, a earthly value on what the cost was that, you know, for us to be bought by um, God for um, him sending his son on our behalf to take on the sin of the world. He was completely blameless in an innocent man that took on a charge of guilty when he wasn't guilty at all. Um, So when you come into a relationship with Christ, you have to understand that your life does not belong to you. Your life belongs to God. So you are no longer in charge of writing the pages of your book. You can just throw that pen away, throw that typewriter away. You are no longer the author or the finisher of your book. God is the author, the beginning, the end, the middle. He is the author of the book of your life from here on out. So however he decides to write that book, whenever he decides to, you know, take the story and make it suspenseful, when he decides to whatever he wants to write, he's the author and the finisher of our faith. He is. So having that as an understanding should bring some things into perspective. Like why does God allow us to fail? Well, obviously because he has a greater purpose. And is it really failure? There's no, my husband always says, says that there's no failure in God's school. And every time he says that, like a part of me wants to just like, Oh, I know, but, but it's, it it can't be, it's so true. There is no failure in God's school. He always gives you opportunity after opportunity after opportunity. He wanted to give the children of Israel such an opportunity that he let them wander in the desert for how many years when they could have made like a three day journey? They were in the desert for how long? How long did he have them in a holding pattern until, you know, things were right? Quite a while. So I don't think that we're any different. I think that 
when God is trying to do something great in our life, that he'll keep us in that holding pattern until the work that we have to do in us is perfected. And, you know, and it's not that, you know, God is just being this hard God and he's just not understanding what you want and what you need and, and the dreams that you have. It's he wants you to be able to sustain everything that's coming, coming into the marketplace. Let me share it with you. For those of you that are called to business, it's you you know, we all like to watch Shark Tank on TV. Oh, I love to watch Shark Tank. It's so entertaining. When I tell you that that's just a small percentage of what you deal with, the, the spirit of greed um, that you deal with in the marketplace, the people that um are, you know, that come into relationship with you to try to partner with you that don't have your best interests at heart. They seem nice, but you have to understand that because they don't serve our Jesus and they don't have our Christ and they don't live for our God, that they are living for the things of this world. So their motives, their thoughts, their feelings, and their intentions are rooted in, in the flesh and in, in of evil things. So what's driving them, what's motivating them isn't necessarily, oh, this is, I just want to help you. I just want to be your friend. You're just a good guy. You're just a good girl. And I just want to be there for you. It's like, what can I get out of this? And it's it's driven by a lot of flesh and selfishness. And, you know, a lot of the little trivial things that we go through as entrepreneurs on our journey in our beginning and middle stages, I think God allows them so that we can handle the person, the setback, the disappointment, the stress and the weight of everything that comes in the marketplace, the spiritual warfare, the level of your faith that's going to have to be expanded, the depth of your walk that needs to be grown, how God wants those roots to be so deep so that the tree that grows up out of the ground can sustain the weight of the branches, the wind, the sun, the storms that come, the animals that come. There's so much that goes on in the realm of the spirit of the marketplace. If you are not one that is rooted enough in your faith to be able to withstand the temptation because the enemy, you know, he, it's almost like he governs the marketplace. He's, he, the enemy guards the gate and, you know, he's got great influence. So those of us that are called to the marketplace, we have to go into the marketplace and we are called to be an influence and to be the voice and to share the truth with those that feel like they don't need God. They've got all the money, all the influence, everything that they have is within one swipe of a credit card out of their wallet. And they have everything that they think they need. They need, but we are the ones that have to show them that, no, you don't have what you need. You actually have nothing because you don't have Christ. So to be able to deal not only with, um, um, you know, everything that comes from the stress of running a company, whether it's on a smaller scale or a larger corporate scale, you know, it's one thing, you know, when I, the, the first time that, um, I made my first, um, hundred thousand dollars, um, I had to write a check that was more than half that hundred thousand dollars. And I remember sitting in my car crying because I had never written a check that size in my whole life. And I was terrified, you know, it's, and you may hear that and you think it's ridiculous, but if you've never had to write a check for over $50,000 and just give away all of your hard, almost your year's worth of uh, revenue in just one instant, it's gone just to pay off one invoice, just one invoice. It's, it's, that's different. That's something new that you haven't had to experience. You know, when you are dealing with, um, everything that comes along with businesses financially, the money that it costs for everything. When you are one that struggles with rejection and you have to deal with, you know, the marketplace wants you, the world, society wants you to be stuck in a field of comparison where you're comparing yourself to your competitors, that you have to look online and see what your competitors are doing, how they're marketing their business and what they're doing to be successful. And you have to 
match them where they are. Whereas the spirit of God is saying, stay in your lane, focus on your own work and be led by me and my spirit. That takes a great adjusting, particularly since we are taught to be competitive. And a lot of us are rooted with the spirit of rejection from being, you know, from from childhood. And um, these things are are what we have to face as marketplace ministers. In addition to that, the, the, the demands on time, like if you're not disciplined in reading your word now, if you're not disciplined in, in staying faithful in the little bit that God has given you now, how can he make you ruler over much if you can't be faithful in what you are now? How can he give you more responsibility and more success if you can't handle the small failures that you have to do right now? How can he blow on the business that you're working out of your house right now when you go to work every day to your employer and you don't give your employer 100 percent because you're on social media or spending time at work working on your own endeavors? It's a it's a thing that God is doing in us. And a lot of those things, we see them as failures because we tried something that we thought was God. We thought we might have heard God or we thought it was a great idea and we fail meaning it didn't work out right. Maybe the contract ended. Maybe your idea was rejected or maybe the product that you're trying to push is not gaining the traction. Maybe you're you're going into debt. Maybe you're 30 days from your business closing. Maybe you're sacrificing paying your home bills because you're dumping all of your uh, money through your household into your business. And we consider a lot of that as failure. Maybe you're not growing as fast as some of your competitors and you see that as failure. Maybe you lost a major account that to you is devastating to your business and you see that as failure. You can look at those things as I'm failing, I'm, I'm ruined, my business is getting ready to shut down. Or you can pause for a moment. You can go and ask the Lord, what is your purpose in this? Because there's nothing that happens in the earth that God is not aware of, that he, is, that he didn't allow, and that he doesn't have a greater purpose for. Our own little human minds try to put things, situations, and God in the box that fits, you know, our own ways of thinking and our own agendas and things like that. But God has got his own agenda and it's out of this world, literally. (laughs) So you have to look at failure in a different set of eyes. There's a way you can bounce back from failure. I just recently endured something that I felt like was the ultimate failure. I got my hopes up. I was so excited. And then this opportunity completely fell through and I was devastated. The trick about that is that nothing else in my life stopped. I still had to be a mother. I still had to be a wife. I still had to be, you know, involved in ministry. I sit on several different, um, you know, ministries at our church. I'm a part of the intercessory team. I'm a part of women's ministry. I pastor the youth ministry. I'm on the marketing team. I'm on the intercessory team. Um, I'm an elder at the church. So, you know, there's so many things that I do there. And then I mental and mentor and disciple, you know, several people, you know, at our ministry. So there's a lot that I do. And that doesn't stop walking with, you know, doing life with people, walking people through their life, um, dealing with the the trials and tribulations of motherhood. When, when your kids are, you know, not having the best time, when they're having trouble in school, when you're having trouble with them at home, when you're trying to keep your house in order, when you got to cook dinner, you still got to run your business and do emails, and then you've got to be a wife and you've got to be a friend. Those things don't stop. So if you can't handle them on this level, if you can't handle a failure on this level, how can you handle it when God really blows and breathes life on that thing you've been working towards and it grows and it goes viral and it, it gets it's huge and big like wildfire? 
Now, there is a way to bounce back. Now, this last setback that I experienced, you know, it did take me for a loop because it was unexpected. But the thing that helped me the most was I spent time in worship because, you know, the the last thing you want to do when you're in your emotions and you feel it's a type of way is to worship. The last thing you want to do is to pray. The last thing you want to do is to let people into your space and let them know how you're feeling. That's the last thing you want to do. You want to be angry. You want to be upset. You want to be resentful. You want to woe is me and you want to do that all by your lonesome. Or maybe you're one of those that like to drop those cliffhanger statuses on Facebook and not chime in when you've got 30 people uh, commenting under there concerned about you. You just kind of log off, go off grid. I don't know, however you handle it. <laughs> but, um, you know, I did a lot of worship and it took a while for me to get to a place where um I was not so in my emotions. I wasn't wallowing in the pool of pity. You know, that jacuzzi of pity feels so good. The water is warm and just the bubbles and the fresh smell of chlorine. And it's just, mm, I can just take a nap in this jacuzzi of pity. But, you know, if you take a nap in water, you'll drown, right? You sit in the jacuzzi too long, you'll be sick, right? So instead of me wallowing in my pity, you know, I had to, I talked to God. And I had to muster up enough strength to say, God, even though this hurts, even though this doesn't feel good, even though I don't understand, God, I trust you. God, I'm still believing. God, I trust you. God, you are a good God. You are not a man that you should lie. You are able. You are a God of your word and your word is not returned until you void. I believe you, God. I believe you. And it took a lot of me having to get myself together, to get my mind and my emotions together by reading the word, playing worship music. Um, I indulged myself into things that I could incorporate God into with my creativity, um, you know, as far as designing and um, sewing and singing and dancing and even incorporating a little bit of fasting into that and you know allowing um you know my husband to really be a support system and to be my pillar and my rock when I couldn't stand up that helped me now just because you don't have you may not have a husband does not mean that you don't have a rock because you've got I'm sure you've got friends somewhere you know I don't want to get into that feeling like well I don't have a husband so I don't have a rock to hold me up no the devil is a lie God is always going to place people around you that can hold up your arms when they're too weak to, to for you to lift them up yourself. You've got probably got pastors and a community of people that would love to stand in the gap for you and to wrap their arms around you when you are going through um, to give you that comfort and that encouragement you need. It doesn't always have to be that through the womb of a man for those of you that are single. And I'm just saying that because I, you know, I've encountered women before that feel like they could only you know, be complete if they have a man in their life. And that's not true. You've got the spirit of God. Only God can complete you. No other human can complete you. So I was able to really bounce back by getting to a place, by reading the word, by speaking daily declarations, by worshiping and inviting God into my space and allowing people to be, um, you know, when I was ready, because it wasn't like that in the beginning, but to be a source of encouragement to me. And it initiated the bounce back. In the bounce back, it's 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 something that you have to develop as an entrepreneur because you will be met with failure again and again and again and again. Your ideas will be kicked to the curb. Um, your applications will be denied. Um, the people that you try to connect with will reject you. You will encounter failure for the rest of your existence. 
But what God does in that is that he develops and births in you a supernatural resilience that not only helps you to bounce back, but helps you to remain girded and rooted in your faith. That even with the setbacks, even with the, the times that you fall, even with the times that you feel overwhelmed with sorrow and pity, that you've got that little fire on the inside of you that just needs to be reignited just a little bit, that you don't drown it out with, you know, with uh, damp emotions. Of, of of fear, lack of faith, resentment, and anger towards God. Those things cause the little fires that burn on the inside of us. They it, it cause it almost just puts them out. You don't want to put the fire out. You want the be you want the fire of your faith to be like fire shut up in your bones to where, regardless to what happens, that even if God just decided tomorrow, you know what, I'm gonna close this door and I'm gonna put you over here, or I'm gonna, you know, um, I'm gonna for the, for now, I'm going to put a pause on this and have you focus on this. Or maybe he's going to give you a different opportunity that you didn't expect that even if you wake up tomorrow and it's gone, or even if God decides to put you in another avenue or give you another opportunity that all hope is not lost, that your faith doesn't waver just because you've become so steeped in your circumstances, so steeped and almost like you've taken your business and you've taken those dreams and you've made them such an idol that if God touched them, that your faith would waver. He doesn't want you to be in that place because it, the being in that place cannot withstand itself in the marketplace and the ministry and the mantle that we have to carry as marketplace entrepreneurs and marketplace ministers. So trusting in God and standing on his word is the key to being resilient and allowing him to develop those roots so deep that you're unshakable, unbreakable, unmovable and unstoppable. Do you want the fruits of the spirit to be manifested in your life in such a way that the, the stress and the responsibility and the weight of what God has called you to does not crush you? I hope this has blessed you. I hope that in this, that something has sparked something in you. I hope that in this, that you are encouraged that in this season where you may be on pause or you may be in the wilderness, or maybe you are trying to overcome a failure that you don't allow these very things to dampen and to cause your faith to waver because God is worthy of our faith. He is worthy of our life. He is worthy of the very breath that comes out of our lungs. He is not worthy of us to be taking our emotions out on him and to be accusing of him and to be angry with him because things in our life are not going the way we think that they should go. He's too good for that. He's too awesome for that. He's too faithful for that. That is the God we serve. We serve a faithful God that is so powerful. Jesus is so powerful that he conquered death, hell, the grave and sin. He conquered it. That's who we serve. We are more than conquerors. You can conquer failure. You don't have to let failure conquer you. Again, thank you so much for taking time to listen to my podcast today. And until next time, be blessed.